0: Okay, so when people start to question faith, their faith in any capacity, but more so even more with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormon Church, which is what we talk about mostly here, I never suggest that they go looking into the church. So trying to prove the falsehood or the truth of the church is something that can lead you to all sorts of weird and very emotional places. (laughs) Instead, I always suggest and say that you need to go on a Jesus journey. That we need to get to know him above all else. And that is going to lead you to truth. Always. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be talking about who is Jesus Really, and 10 Things We Should Know About Christ. Let me guess, the world keeps telling you you are enough. All on your own, you are enough. Well, I'm about to drop a truth bomb. On your own, you will never be enough. Wait, hold up. Okay, did I get your attention? I am Shelby Hosfield, and at times, I was an ex-Mormon, agnostic, a Sunday Christian, and a New Age follower, but God had very different plans for me. The whole time, I was living in a very big lie, that I was in charge somehow of my own enoughness, and my works were going to save me and my life. Don't get me wrong, I am all about self-help and personal development, but as a born-again, fully transformed Christian, I learned there is the world's way, and there's God's way. To quote C.S. Lewis, the more we get ourselves out of the way and let him take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. You are enough not because of what you have done, but because what he has done, and he lives through you. If you are ready for Bible truths, theology, and apologetics, and wisdom from his word that will shape your life, your confidence, and yes, your feeling of enough, then friend, you are in the right place. This is Finding Faith Above. I don't know about you guys, but in my little part of the world here, it is starting to get colder and uh, it's totally that like get your nice hot cup of coffee, go sit by the fire in the morning. Just awesome. Yeah. So uh, recording this right now, it's a it's a Saturday morning, although you guys are probably going to be listening to it on either a Monday or a Tuesday or a different day during the week. Uh, but yeah, uh, Here, I last night we had a late football game, and so it was a a late evening for us, so I got to sleep in a little bit this morning and just enjoying this this wonderful little morning that we got going on here with a little bit cold weather and starting to get close to Christmas time, which I love. So fun. Okay, so today we are talking about who is Jesus really, and I think that this is just such a... uh, It is the most important thing that you could ever decide to try to know and figure out and understand and to just try to build that relationship with Jesus. That is the most important thing. The most important thing above anything else that's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what it is. The most important thing is going to be building that relationship with Jesus. That's, that's it. That's, that's why we're here. (laughs) And, um, I think that's the thing that definitely for me gets me the most or, and I'm not, I am not in any way, shape or form angry at uh, the fact that I was raised in the Mormon church. I am not at all. And I, I am not at all angry with the people. I think they are the most loving and some of the most amazing people. I mean, truly I do. Um, the thing that gets me, the the reason for this podcast, the reason for why I do all of this is because it makes me incredibly sad to think about the fact that they, they don't truly understand or know the magnitude of who God is, how big he is. And That peace that comes from that surrender, that understanding of how big and amazing and just all-encompassing everything omni he is, that is, uh, that's what, I mean, it's like I've said a million times, it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. And it is the reason for this podcast because I want them, I I do truly want everyone in this world to know that, which is what happens when you, when you do end up meeting God is you want to tell everybody about him. <laughs> and it makes me sad that, that, that they don't, uh, they don't necessarily understand exactly all the different, um, parts of why he is different in the Mormon church than he is when you dive into the Bible and you actually learn who he is biblically. Um, he's, he is very different. And, uh, on the next episode, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Bible, and it's one of my favorite things to talk about, um, but also just because that is how we know who he is. That's that's how we end up finding him and, and getting to build that relationship and understand him. So today, we are going to go straight to the Bible, and we are going to walk through 10 things that we should know about Christ. And we are doing it all from one very simple passage. And I've talked about this passage multiple times. You can go back and listen to other parts of the podcast. But today we're going to read through even more of it. And we're just going to go step by step. So we are starting in John. We're going to start at John 1, 1. Because this is going to tell us so much about Christ. Okay, are you guys ready? All right, so number one he is the word. All right, so let's read the very first part. In the beginning was the word. So the word here, this is the, the only place in the Bible where Jesus is referenced as the word, um, but it is a capital W um, and it is it is referring to Jesus. So John was someone who knew Jesus very closely and he walked with him. He talked with him. He was I mean, his his best friend, <laughs> why he was here on earth and just learned from him and loved him. And, uh, and so he calls him, in this account, he calls him the word. For this, I'm going to jump into the Blue Letter Bible. If you guys haven't ever uh, looked at the Blue Letter Bible, it is so cool. It gives commentaries from all different uh, theologians from... All different times and really just goes into a lot of the passages um, so Jesus is the word this term is uh Although there is no explanation necessarily given in the scripture as to why Jesus is called the word of God, there have been several suggestions or reasons, Um, and it may refer to the wisdom personalized. It has been argued that Jesus is the personification of wisdom as described in Proverbs. And uh, for instance, in Proverbs 5.1, it says, my son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen well to my words of insight. Um, There's some other different ideas as to why John uh, decides to call Jesus the word. It is possible that the term word is used um, in the same manner as it does in the Old Testament, the communication of God's humanity. And uh, this is exactly what Jesus did. He revealed to the world the word of God. So he is the personification of the written and spoken word. The testimony that God revealed through the prophets during the Old Testament period was now made human with the coming of Christ. Hence, the word became flesh. So one thing that I have to note here and that I want uh, you to know for sure is that there is no discrepancy among all theologians that the word is referring to Jesus. The word here is Jesus. Okay, so that's number one he is the word. Okay. And number two, he is with God. So this is going to get a little bit more into some of the confusingness. Sometimes that happens when we look into the Trinity because our brains just don't wrap around something so big and so magnificent and so as the Trinity. So the Trinity basically is that uh, God, Holy Spirit, and Jesus are all one. However, they are different persons within that one. And this can be a little bit confusing for our brains to completely understand. And for that, I would love for you to either read um, C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity, where he just lays this out so incredibly beautifully. Um, Or you can also go and watch the video from the Bible Project, which is going to give you more of a visual interpretation of exactly how to conceptualize the Trinity. Um, But essentially, we know that he is with God. He is with God always and forever. And yes, so he is with God. So number two, Jesus is with God. And number three... We're going to read the next verse, and the word was God. Okay, so this one's like, <laughs> because this gets like mm, completely dismissed in, uh, in, in the Mormon faith about who Jesus is, and so I just want to make sure that we are reading these very simple words here. The word was God no discrepancy here, who the word is, the word is Jesus and the word was God. All right. So that's number three. He is God. I remember the first time that I really um, thought of this and it was years before I really truly became, like I would say, like a, like really gave my life to Christ. Um, but I was kind of testing the waters and I had found, um, this, cross and it was, it's a cross, um, more, more kind of a Catholic style cross, but with Jesus actually on, on the cross. And, um, it was a necklace pendant and, uh, and I don't know what exactly prompted me all of a sudden to recognize this fact, but that Jesus was God. And it was just like this, like, holy smokes, mind halfway blown situation. Like Jesus was God on earth. Holy smokes, right? I mean, it's just like, wow, the magnitude of that. And it says it right here. There's it's no discrepancy here. And the word was God. That's number three. Okay, so number four. He was in the beginning with God. Okay, so this is also just a very simple sentence, but one that I really feel like gives so much, so much that we need to dive into. Because it does not say here that he was in the beginning With all the other stuff it doesn't say he was in the beginning with us he doesn't say he was in the beginning in a spirit world he doesn't say he was in uh this interim in between different gods no it says that he was in the beginning with god that's it they were the only ones there that's it in the beginning with god and he was god and that was the beginning so I know that this sounds so crazy, but that's not, that's not what the LDS church teaches. And I, I don't like to get like super, like, I don't want to be negative or anything else, but this is a huge, a huge thing to recognize here. There was no pre-existence for us. We were not there. This simple sentence says it. He was in the beginning with God. Nothing else was there. Nothing else was made. It was him in the beginning. That's it. That's all. We were not there. We are created in our mama's womb. That's when God creates us, he forms us, he knits us. We don't (laughs) pre-exist. And I know that that's like really difficult for us uh, possibly coming from the church to understand. But this is a major, major distinction between... uh, evangelical christianity biblical christianity and the um and the mormon church it is a huge difference god is in the beginning god is the beginning and he creates us we are not on his same level we cannot become gods also there was no god before god he is in the beginning that's it so There's that sentence right there. Very simple, but it is, that's, that's it. (laughs) Okay. So let's keep on moving on because this is just going to lead right into the next part. Um, number five, all right, all things were made through him and without him, not anything was made that was made. Nothing, nothing else was made. (laughs) He, he started it. He created it. There was not anything here that he just formed out of the matter. He, there was, there was nothing except for God. And then he created all things that were made, including us. And if we want to find out how that whole process worked, we can go right back to Genesis. He didn't create all of us in the spirit world, just waiting up there with, with, I don't know, Adam and Eve doing their thing and waiting for them to, to fall so that we could come to earth. That, that's not biblical, not biblical at all. No, this is how it works. All things were made through him and without him, not anything was made that was made. And when he creates us, he creates us individually like a sculpture like that he creates out of clay. Like he molds us. He forms us. He knits us. And uh, with intention and with understanding of who, who we are. And we weren't waiting up there with him. We're not on his level. So that is number five. He is the creator of all things. Nothing was made that was made without him. Okay. So then we're going to move into the next thing. This is number six. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Again, he is the creator of life and that life is what lights us up. It's what brings us to God and that light is, cannot be extinguished by the darkness, it cannot be overcome by the darkness. He is above all things. And because of that he he lights he lights up our hearts in this way that our hearts can only be filled by by him. I just love that part. it's beautiful and it's going to keep going with that too. All right so but the next part I'm going to read a little bit more. there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And we're not talking here about the John who wrote this. We're talking about John the Baptist. Uh, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was was made through him, yet the world did not know him. So these next few points that I'm making kind of all run together. But number seven is he is the fulfiller of prophecy. Because John here is prophesying about the one who is going to come, that God is going to be here on earth. He's the giver of light and the life. And he is what they all were hoping for in Everything that we talk about in the Old Testament, he is the Messiah. So how many prophecies did Jesus fulfill? Mathematician Peter Stoner counted the probability of one person fulfilling even a small number of the prophecies in the Old Testament. And he concluded that the chances of a single man fulfilling just 48 of the the prophecies found in the Tanakh, which is the Old Testament, would be 1%. In 10, followed by 157 zeros. In other words, that's a incredibly massive, unimaginable, unimaginable number. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, what if he was Messiah... Prophesied. After all, Jesus, Yeshua in Hebrew, fulfilled not just the 48 specifically Messianic prophecies, but he fulfilled more than 324 individual prophecies that related to the Messiah. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, if you realize this, but the entire Old Testament, everything about the Jewish faith that was believed at the time when jesus came and 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 biblical and everything about it they were all waiting for the messiah the one that was prophesied about the one that the old testament basically writes about it is the one who was going to save them and they were waiting for this savior and Then we have Jesus here fulfilling that prophecy. And one of these prophecies that I just love to look back on, especially here when we are getting close to Christmas time and uh, we're, we're thinking about the birth of Jesus in Isaiah. Isaiah references so much. Uh, to Christ. I mean, just so much. It's it's wild. You can spend years just looking at the prophecies that Isaiah had about, about Christ. But uh, this is going to be in chapter seven. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And you know what's so cool about that? Do you know what Emmanuel means? God with us. So number seven, he was the fulfiller of prophecy. Number eight, he was the giver of light and life. And we talked about this already a little bit. And I just want to keep going with this because... That is who Jesus is. He is the light. So the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him he be- and believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay. So that is number nine for us. The one to make us children of God. I think this gets something, this is something that also gets very confusing is we are not just children of God because we were talked about, we were not in the beginning with God. We are not like God's spirit children. We are his creation. We are his clay that he molded and like a painter, he created us, but we are born of flesh. Until we accept the true gift that is Jesus and, and the way that he created, we are, are still going to be children of Adam. But when we accept him, when we actually go through that process of, of surrendering and understanding who he is, Jesus gave us that ability as John is saying here, that right to become children of God, just as Jesus explained when he was talking with Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is like, how can I go back to the womb? That doesn't even make any sense. This is what it means to be born again. It means to be born again when we die to the flesh and we are reborn through Christ, through the acceptance of understanding who Jesus is, because when we believe in his name, We are born again as children of God. And if you want to go dive more into what all of that means, Romans explains this so much more. Paul goes into this so much more about understanding what it means to be reborn. And that is what it means to be born again as children of God, because we are not God's children to start off with. We are his adopted children when we believe in Jesus' name. And it says it right here. He gave, us, he gave us the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Isn't that so cool? So number nine, he is the one to make us children of God. Okay, and so then this next part, this is going to be number 10, glory and the giver of grace. And oh, I just love this whole part so this is going to be our last little part i'm going to read here and it's just so amazing and it kind of summarizes everything that we have been talking about here and the word became flesh and dwelt among us yes god was here on earth and we have seen his glory glory as the son from the father full of grace and truth john bore witness about him and cried out This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Yes, I love it. And for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the father's side. He has made him known and this is the whole point of the book of john and this is how he starts it out and what he wants you to understand from the beginning this is This is the true gospel right here. This is the understanding of who Christ is. He is the word. He is with God. He is God. He is in the beginning. He is the creator of all things. He is the light of men. He's the fulfiller of prophecy, the giver of light and life, the one to make us children of God and the glory and the giver of grace. That is who Jesus is. And Yeah, that is John's whole intention with his book is so that you can believe, believe in his name, believe in who Jesus was, is, and will always be forever. And, uh, it's going to look, some of these things that I talked about today are going to feel very different than maybe, um, what you were taught or that you understood. And, but this is, I mean, you could spend literally, I think, um, An entire lifetime studying just these verses and how this interacts with all the rest of the bible and how it points to all the different parts of the bible and how it just completely can turn your life upside down in the most beautiful way because it's his grace it is that's why he came that's why he's here to save us god on earth to save us from our sin from our mess from our disaster so that we can be born again and understand the true light and life that he is and the grace and the glory, all the glory to him. Okay, so that was today's episode. This was like a super heavy packed episode and a little bit longer than I normally go. But I think that this is totally worth it. Because uh, like I said, I think you could dive into each individual aspect of this for forever. But I invite you today, I invite you to go on that Jesus journey. I invite you to go and read the Bible. And don't just like go on like a God journey, like need to go walk in nature and feel spiritual. I I think that's wonderful. But if we really truly want to know God, then we are going to read his word. And we're going to understand the word, (laughs) in the word. (laughs) And that's, that's how we are going to actually get to build that relationship with Jesus and understand more about who he is. And this is also going to give us the ability to recognize when things are contradictory to his word. Because if we don't know the word, then we are not going to know when we see things that, um, that that maybe are are false or not or against him or are enticing us or of this world and not of him we're able to know that recognize it feel it see it all the things because we have that relationship we have built built with him through reading his word all right so who is jesus really that's what we talked about today he is uh, he is our salvation our peace our all the things All right, so join me next time for our next episode. We're going to be talking a little bit more about the Bible, which I just love, and uh, hope you guys have a wonderful day. Hey, friends, I hope that this episode truly blessed you today and spoke to your heart. And if it did, I would love it if you could share it with your friend who might need to hear these words also. And if you truly, really loved it, then a five-star review really helps to get into the ears of so many more people. It's the way the algorithm works. So I would love it if you guys would be able to do that for me as well. And if you were looking for more resources, more help, more coaching, more all the good stuff, go to findingfaithabove.com and make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. See you next time.